Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is author Kyle Alexander Romines. He's the author of The Vengeance of the Crows. Josh Rush wants to enjoy one final getaway with his friends before the end of high school. A spooky October camping trip in rural Appalachia sounds like the perfect opportunity to do just that. Somehow I think it's not. (laughs) Anyway, Kyle is a teller of tales from the hills of Kentucky. He enjoys good reads, thunderstorms, and anything edible. His writing interests include fantasy, science fiction, horror, and westerns. Kyle's debut novel, The Keeper of the Crows, appeared in the preliminary ballot of the 2015 Bram Stoker Awards in the category of Superior Achievement in a First Novel. He has since written two more in this series and several other novels, some independently published. He obtained his M.D. from the University of Louisville School of Medicine. Dr. Kyle, welcome. Thank you, Larry. Good to be here. Well, uh, it's been some years since The Keeper of the Crows came out, and uh, what a debut novel. We, we've really loved uh, connecting with you, publishing that. And, and now this is, I think, the third novel in a series. So maybe give right. us, uh, the listeners, some idea of the overall view of this series, sort of the, the milieu here, the main characters, uh, what, what's going on, and why do we need three or four books to, uh, to tell this story? Well, that's a great question, Larry. I grew up reading horror, watching horror movies, avid lover of the genre, and each book in the Keeper of the Crows series takes a horror subgenre, a different subgenre, and, and tries to play with that, twist some of the common tropes on their heads. So, for example, the Keeper of the Crows is a mystery horror or a thriller horror. Uh, the second book in the series, uh, The Whispers of the Crows, is a psychological horror. And then the third book in the series, the one that has just been released, The Vengeance of the Crows, uh, it's, it, it goes back to those 80s slashers, slasher movies. Um, and so now I'm working on the final book in the series that brings in elements of all three books and characters introduced in all three standalone books together to bring the series to a conclusion. I see. Yes, those 80s slashers movies, seen enough of them. Having grown up in the 80s, uh, it's always like, don't go in the room, or, you know, why do you go left instead of right? Or you could just get in the car and get the hell out of there, but you don't. Um, anyway, love those 80s. You know, you're exactly right. I'm <laughs> glad you said that, Larry. Um, in Vengeance, I, I, like I mentioned, I try to twist some of those tropes and, and turn them on their heads. So these teenagers are actually quite intelligent and quite smart. So I stack the deck against them, but they constantly find ways to surprise the reader and the, their antagonists. Yeah. So um, the crows theme goes through this, and I guess crows are always uh, eerie, creepy. You know. You know. I, I think there's a lot of probably ever since uh, Edgar Allan Poe turned crows to the dark side. Uh, but this this is about scarecrows too, right? Exactly right. So as as I was tinkering around with the Keeper of the Crows, which, you know, I wrote that back in 2010. So this is quite a long time ago. I think Keeper came out in 2015. 
um, I wanted to steer away from some of the more commonly used horror monsters. Uh, I come from Kentucky, so uh, rural America, uh, small town America, uh, grew up around a lot of corn farm, uh, cornfields. And uh, so the thought of using a scarecrow came, popped into my mind. And once that imagery settled in, I, I couldn't get it out of my head until I told that story. Like the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz, he's not so bad. He's actually not too smart. Or is he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you just put a little fire to him or uh, push him around. He seemed kind of clumsy, at least uh, when he's running around with Dorothy. How are your scarecrows different? Oh, I, I, that's very insightful. One of the things I think that actually makes the scarecrows in my books more sinister is how benign they can appear. So you take something that is playful and light. You mentioned the Wizard of Oz. In some ways, that can make the use of scarecrows for evil with evil imagery, I think, even more intense. Think about dolls and how popular you know, the Annabelle movie was that yeah. came out from Bloomhouse. You know, dolls should be these benign, playful things that, that kids use. Um, and so sometimes taking things that are light and then twisting them actually can result in even scarier imagery, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then you have the whole thing about uh, whether they're possessed or not, some kind of spirit or paranormal entity controlling them. Um, I, I can see where it can be very psychological too. Maybe you're just making it all up. Oh, that scarecrow just moved. Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Exactly uh, right. That's the whole plot of the second book in the series that I mentioned, the psychological element. Uh, the, the main character in that book is actually much younger than the protagonist of the first book. And no one believes him about the events that are going on. Um, so, yeah, I thought that's exactly right. Yeah, and I think too, it's funny as, as you were talking about how, you know, something innocuous maybe it's seemingly on not harmful like a scarecrow can turn into something uh horrific my my wife tells me once in a while about uh the little house on the prairie episode when she was little with the raggedy end doll moves off the chair and and somehow ends up next to the bed or something and it scares the kid on the show and she said that terrified her as a kid <laughs> so not quite a bad, as bad as that Annabelle movie, though. <laughs> not, not as horrific. Anyway, I'm digressing a little bit. Let's get back to Scarecrows. Um, so the the characters involved in this is this like um, is this the same town in these three novels? The same families? Is it over a long period of time, or is this all happening in one really bad weekend? No, that's a, that's a, another great question, Larry. So it is an anthology series. Each book can stand alone, but if you read them all together, there is a larger narrative that's going on. And that's the challenge of the fourth book that I'm working on is how to bring it to a conclusion that's satisfying for the readers of the existing books, um, but also can function uh, as a standalone as the others. Um, so the first book, uh, there, there's probably a uh, several month-long gap between the first and the second book, uh, and I would apply the same to the second and the third book. And although they're not all set in the same town, they're all set in the same region in Kentucky. I mentioned I grew up in rural Kentucky, and, and I personally feel that there aren't enough books set in Kentucky. So as I began to write, I, I intentionally went out of my way to craft either fictionalized towns or, or set my stories in real towns and uh, places I've visited in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So basically a six-month, almost you know, within a year, roughly what? What time frame? It's contemporary, or is it back in the 80s? Is it 
you know, where did you set this as far as? Uh, uh, so I set the, the first novel was set around 2012 because that was the period in which the book came out. Right. Um, and so moving on, you know, if we're, uh, let's say we pick up with the fourth book, it would probably be sometime in 2017. Okay. So if, if you were to be, if you were to compare yourself to other horror writers, and I know this is might be hard to do, and I certainly don't want you to, um, you know, feel like I'm patting your ego or anything here. But is there anybody you would compare yourself to if a reader was to say, "Oh, I want to explore Kyle's books here"? What do they like? Is there anybody in particular that you think they're similar to, or do you think you got your own style going here? Most of the readers of my books in the reviews on Amazon tend to compare me to Coons. But I think that's going to be inevitable in the horror genre because there are such few big names that the, the same names seem to come up again and again, no matter as long as you write in the genre. Right. I would say my style, if I was to compare myself to someone else, it would probably actually be my style would be more similar to Thriller. Um, I like to write, you know, regardless of the genre. You mentioned I, I write in all kinds of genres. I've written uh, Western historical fiction, fantasy novels, um, even uh, superhero. So all, all kinds of books. But the style I write in is the same. And my goal is to keep readers turning to that next chapter. So if a reader finishes a chapter of one of my books, my goal is to have them hooked to where they have to read the next chapter. Um, so I have a very lean, Cut. fast-paced style of writing. All right. We're talking to Kyle Alexander Romines, the author of The Vengeance of the Crows and many other books. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books brings you the work of authors from many genres. If you are into horror, thrillers, or fantasy, check out our Hellbender Books imprint, Thomas Malafarina's Maliformed Reality series, The Thirteenth Child by Nick Korolev, The State Changers series by Chris Fenwick, or the psychological thrillers of Keith Rommel. Find these and other works at the Hellbender Books tab and all works of fiction and nonfiction at sunburypress.com. And as we were discussing, Kyle uh, has also written a number of other books. So venturing out of the Crows series here for a little bit, uh, I know some years ago you did a Western with us, Atonement. Tell us a little bit about that. And is that the only Western you've done? Well, I have a sequel to Atonement, but it's gone through various permutations. I, I, I'm just never satisfied with it. Um, so that was that was to continue that story. Atonement is set in the post-Civil War period, and it's about a fugitive who settles in a small town. You know, it's a tale as old as time in the Western genre. People are up to no good, and this outcast comes into town, befriends the people, and stands up for what's right. Uh, that book, the whole genesis of that novel, my father and I were watching a Western, and I, I, I thought it was atrocious. And I said, I could tell a better story than this. And he said, well, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> so that was the challenge that I took. So why is yours a little different? Maybe just give us a, a quick uh, elevator speech on it. Sure. Well, this, this ties back in with what we were just talking about, Larry. I like to write my books in a thriller style. Mm. So I took that style and applied it to the Western genre. And I was really pleased with the result. My, my readers very much enjoyed that story. You know, I think it was a, a very good fit for Sunbury because Sunbury has so much of that historical uh, fiction, historical nonfiction, um, that focus. Um, so I thought it was a very good um, with the existing library that you guys have. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, I agree. We've we've done a number of westerns over the years, and it's it is a tough market. <laughs> I haven't figured that huh? one out yet, but we'd love to do more. It's one of my favorite genres, and uh, you know, ever since, well, you know, you have growing up, you have your John Wayne westerns and all that, but the Outlaw Josie Wales did it for me. After that, I was a big fan and um, always looking for. I guess it's Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood defined that movie category for me. But um, love the novels in, in this category. I love the historical aspects of them. And, uh, you know, the the history of the region is, uh, a lot of it is somewhat fictional or exaggerated, what, what's been recorded or popularized anyway. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of material there to be explored for sure. And then I know, mm-hmm. yeah, you did. Um, you participated in one of our compilations, Hellbent Volume One, where we were getting together some Hellbender books authors, more in alignment with your Keeper of the Crows series published through Hellbender. Um, you know, you mentioned to me uh, in the break about writing other compilations. Maybe talk about some of the other groups that you've you've been a part of and the other the other compilation books. You know, it's funny actually. As you and I are talking, it's somewhat surreal. Looking back at this journey, it really all began with Keeper and Sunbury, and now I think of just the, how much has has spanned from that. You know, I'm I'm just so lucky and grateful to Sunbury for publishing that first book. Um, really, you changed my life. Uh, I was only 20 years old uh, when I wrote the book. 24 years old when I got the contract, and I was a very shy, reserved. St- medical student, medical school student. Um, and through the process of writing these books, we talked about my books with Sunbury, some of my self-published books, some of these other anthologies. You know, I, I was on television and radio and met so many people at book conferences. I learned how to talk to people, how to become more confident. Um, you know, you and Sunbury really changed the course of my life. Uh, just sitting here thinking about it now as you and I are talking. Um, I haven't been doing as much writing for the last three years because I was in uh, medical residency at the height of COVID. And now I'm a practicing physician here in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, but man, um, I really do owe you guys a lot and appreciate you a lot. Uh, I had, you know, you mentioned the other books. I've had 15 out now. I think Vengeance is the 15th if you add them all together. Wow. Um, and I just, I love writing. But you taught me and Sunbury taught me that I could reach for my dreams, that I could that it was okay to chase that in addition to medicine. And so since, you know, Keeper came out, you know, not only have I had a writing career and ran my own business that way, I also you know, followed my dream to travel, you know, travel the world um, and to uh, branch into other uh, businesses as well. I'm a winemaker now. Um, so <laughs> all of those things in my life, the person I am today, I trace back to that first book and the opportunity that Sunbury gave me. Well, I also think that's just part of you maturing and figuring out who you are. And, uh, well, thank you for that. But, uh, you know, this is all about you and what you've accomplished. And, yeah, maybe we've opened some doors and helped a little bit. But, you know, if it came down to, do you want to be a doctor or an author? And you could make the same amount of money? Well, of course, you know what the what the answer is before you ask the question. Of course, I would choose to write. You know, that's what yeah. you love. Um, and that's, you mentioned that maturation process that's figuring out, 
you know, how much you can do one or the other. Um, you know, I love my patients. I love the experiences that I had becoming a doctor during COVID uh, in the hospital, in the clinic. Um, and I do love what I do every day, but my heart is in those books. It's in writing. Um, I could sit down and spend all day, every day writing if I could. Yeah, it's interesting. As you're saying that, I'm reflecting on my own life of, you know, when I was uh, 18, going on 19, my dad said, go into computers, you'll do well. And uh, I, at that point, I was lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So, you know, 40 years later, I've had this IT career. It's been wonderful positions. I have one right now. And uh, But along the way, I always wanted to be an historian. And now, finally, I'm working on a PhD in history. And over the years, awesome. I over the years I mixed in the books, you know, some books here and there that I've written. And uh, yeah, I understand the there's sort of the uh, what you have to do to make a living, and you're good at it. And uh, but you have passions for other things, and that's perfectly fine. I think that that's what makes uh, our country great. The opportunities that we all have and can take advantage of if we have the time and the and the money, and the wherewithal to do so. So uh, America's the best country on earth. Doing all my travels, going to different countries, you know, I always am amazed by all the people that I meet, the foods I try, the experiences I have. But at the end of the day, it always underscores just how lucky I was to be born here. Yeah, and in this time, and in this time. Well, I I wanted to also get into uh, some of the other publications. I think I'll hold that for just just a minute and. Talk about, since we did discuss your transition into being a practicing physician, do you talk about your books with your patients? Do you have them sitting in your in your office anywhere? Or is this completely separate? You don't mention it? Um, maybe you have a scarecrow in the corner of the room. <laughs> you joke, but I actually have a, an automatronic scarecrow in my house right now. <laughs> um, so actually, I tried to keep those domains separate for a long time, especially in residency. I didn't want to get pigeonholed into, oh, this is the, the author. Um, and what I found is people, people found me anyway, Larry. You know, they, my patients would look me up, and then they'd bring in books to sign. Um, you know, I've had a fair amount of success with the books, um, especially the fantasy series I put out, some of the audio books I put out. Um, and so I do have people that still uh, contact me by email, um, and uh, so it, that was rewarding to to say, hey, I just I Google. You know, a lot of people Google their doctors. <laughs> they want to say what sure. other people have to say about them to make sure they're not going to get mangled. And um, so then they'll, if you Google me, you know, so it always comes out in the end. They, I, eventually, the patients, the staff, even they'll ask me and, and they'll have me sign their books, and, and it's very rewarding. Yeah. Very good. Well, Kyle, we're going to take another break. I'm talking to Kyle Alexander Romines, the author of many books and in a, and a doctor to boot. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books is your home for independent and innovative authors. Verboten Books is the imprint for mature content. Check out Satan's Petting Zoo and Mayhem Menagerie, written by Brian Koshensky and Chris Pisano. Also, Lana Shea's Erotic Hustle and Bram Stroker's Rated Z series. Find these and books for all tastes at sunburypress.com. I'm back with Kyle Alexander Romines, the author and doctor. And Kyle, I wanted to... Uh, Jump into some of the other works that you have here. I know we've published, I think, five. You, you were in a compilation. You got the Three Crows novels and the Western. But as you mentioned earlier, you have quite a few more books. Maybe you said 15 in total. So uh, 
give me an idea of uh, your fantasy series. I'm seeing some covers here on the web that are that are amazing. Tell me a little bit about uh, the Wrath of the Lords and so on. Sure. So I mentioned that I'm a traveler. Uh, after one trip to Ireland, I came became inspired with the idea for a sword and sorcery fantasy series, similar to Keeper in the way that each book would be standalone. You know, I, I like to read fantasy from time to time, and what I found is you pick up any book, it ends up being part of one, two, three series. And to read, you know, to understand everything going on, you have to read 12 other books. So I decided let's make standalone series of fantasy novels set in a fictionalized medieval uh, fantasy world similar to Ireland. And those books really caught on. I, I had some, uh, not just the cover art, but character art I commissioned for those books. And mm. I uh, contracted with a professional audio book narrator from Great Britain who's been on BBC Radio. And those first three books just really caught fire. They sold more than, I mean, a lot of my Kindle or paperback sales for most of my books put together. Um, so a lot of people find me that way. But the, the fantasy books, they probably have the most passionate fans uh, of of any of the different books that I write. Um, I also have, <laughs> you know, they, they say actually that you shouldn't do books in multiple series if you're right. going to write. You should commit to one and then have a pseudonym if you want to write in something else. So I did everything exactly backwards. Um, but I love it because I have some fans that will read anything that I write. They just want to read Kyle. And then I have some who say, listen, Kyle, I, I love your, your mystery series. I love your thriller. But what, what, what's going on with all these, these books with goblins and, and sorcerers? And the reverse is also true. I have people who only love the fantasy novels, and I just like to write. So, you know, anytime I meet somebody who's a fan, um, go to any of these events, do any of these signings, it's always fun to see the different, you know, I have very diverse readers from all over America. And then, of course, uh, now, thanks to the audiobooks, really all over the world. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I'm just... I. I had opened up your uh, Amazon page and like eight books came up and then said, see all. And I'm like, okay, it was probably one more row. It's like, nope. <laughs> there's like, there's a lot of stuff here. And uh, I can only imagine the, uh, the fan base and the diversity of them. What, what is the uh, Tales of Fat series? Yes. So that is an anthology series that then became, I also published as a, as a standalone anthology that ties into the fantasy series. Mm -hmm. So I had so much interest in the fantasy series. People wanted more in that world. Um, that's, I think, either 500, 600 pages. Um, and, you know, it, like I said, it, it's been a fascinating journey, kind of dipping my toes into the self-publishing world as well as traditional publishing, doing compilations and anthologies with other authors, you know, learning how at the age of 26 when I was doing all of this, you know, how do you contract with someone? How do you format a book? How do you do sales? How do you link a book? How, um, how do you do marketing? I learned so much um, that then I could take and apply to other areas of my life, such as the winemaking or the travel or even being a physician. Mm -hmm. um, so just just an immensely rewarding journey, not just in terms of writing, um, but also in terms of how much I've learned about life and uh, running a business. Well, I think uh, having taught marketing, one of the things that cuts across, doesn't matter the product or the service, are the four Ps, product, price, placement, and promotion. And of course, the big, you know, the product, the price, you know, that's 
fairly easy to uh, discuss the quality of the product. You know, what are you going to price it at economically? It's got to be something that is affordable. It is in alignment with other comparable products. But then you got placement. Distribution is so important, and that that's a big challenge in publishing. And then the promotion, and it seems like uh, you've probably figured all that out, maybe by not going to business school, but by uh, reading and experimenting, learning uh, outside of your medical training. And uh, I had I had a lock on it there for a while. I think around 2020, 2019 we were really firing on all cylinders. And then of course I had to step away from it for a few years to do residency. Mm-hmm. I think during the last three years, I've only had two book, books published, including vengeance. The other was a book called thrall. Um, and that was kind of tough on me, you know, to, to make the sacrifice to only focus on medicine, you know, residency during COVID really didn't have much time working six days a week in the hospital. Um, unfortunately too right. Mm-hmm. So now I've been out of that for a while, and you know from being a publisher, it's about that moment. It's a lot of it's about that momentum too. Yes. that last that last P that you mentioned, and that's where I've you know fallen off. So I'm looking forward to now that I've transitioned to independent practice, uh, we're able to work four days a week, taking some of the resources that I have you know from being a physician and putting them back into the books. Um, which is what I was doing for a while with the audiobooks and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm very excited to see where we go from here. Well, we're excited to have Vengeance out right here in time for Halloween. Is there uh, anything else you're writing? Well, you, you probably have 15 projects underway, but uh, anything you're writing right now that's really in focus? I'm writing a new fantasy series about medical residency. So it's a, a kind of a parable, a parable about the last three years of my life, um, but that'll take forever to write. I don't know when that'll be done. I'm studying for my board certification exam for family medicine. I have some more international trips planned, so you know we'll we'll see when that comes out. But I definitely want to do that, and I want to uh, tackle the the final book in the Whisper series, um, in, or in the Keeper series, and mm-hmm. get that out at some point. So how many books do you have altogether? Fifteen. And how old are you? I am 34 now. 34. Wow. Well, that that is, and with all these interruptions, and, and you're still trying to become, <laughs> you know, trying to advance your medical career, that, that is remarkable. Imagine where you'll be in 20 more years, 20 more books, who knows. Well, I mean, just like you were talking about, all the things that you've been involved in with the yeah. computers and your books and your publishing and, and now this new degree, um, I think it's just immensely rewarding part of living life is to go out and experience it and try all these things. You know, we're here on Earth for a finite time, and I would hate to waste it. I would hate to waste a single moment. I I think the same way, and I think that is a great way to leave this interview and let people contemplate that. Kyle, it's been great talking to you. Appreciate uh, everything you've done. Wish you well with everything you've got underway. If we can continue to publish even a small number of your books, we will be thrilled to do so. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity Sunbury has afforded me. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.